On today's show, we are talking all things Dallas Stars and Winnipeg Jets. The second episode of our Central Division Season Preview Series starts today. It's a Locked on Stars, Locked on Jets crossover on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily in-season podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Wednesday, September 7th. Football is almost back. Hockey is almost back. It's a great time to be a sports fan. And thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars for making us your first listen every single day. Please do consider hitting that subscribe button on YouTube if you are new to the channel. And if you're listening on audio, you can follow our show on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you like the show, you can leave us a five-star rating and or review if you enjoy the show, if you like what you hear. Thank you guys for the continued support. Don't want to hold off too much longer. Let's get into the second Central Division season preview crossover. Today, we talk with Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Welcome in, everybody, to another Central Division preseason preview. Today, we are talking all things Dallas Stars and Winnipeg Jets. This is Dane Lewis, host of the Locked On Dallas Stars podcast, joined now by Harrison Lee, host of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. And Harrison, hockey season is almost here. Uh, the offseason is nearly a thing of the past, maybe still a few loose ends to be tied up as far as free agents and things of that nature. But how has the offseason treated you and how excited are you to uh, once again have hockey back in our lives here this month in September? Hmm. Offseason. <laughs> yeah, I think most Jets fans probably not feeling uh, particularly optimistic, I'll be honest. Uh, every year it's funny because uh, when when free agency and stuff kind of kicks off, um, you know, a few of us are like, oh, the Jets haven't signed anyone. It's not looking too great. And people always say, oh, look, it, the period just started. The offseason just started. And I'm like, yeah, it's not like we do this for five years running, you know, totally, you know, not not a uh, not a pattern, like a, a behavioral pattern that we see with the Jets. So um, I guess my my anticipation of the season is is kind of low. Uh, I think the past few years of Jets kind of finishing in the, the mushy middle um, has sort of, and not just for me, but for a lot of folks, I think has kind of been a bit of a turnoff. Um, I mean, you, you look at Canada Life Center, that place used to have a reputation for being uh, one of the loudest rinks in the entire league. And now you could probably hear a mouse pee in it. So uh, it's been it's been a rough year. Um, I mean, it'll be nice to have hockey back, but I think uh, for expectations and stuff, um, I just kind of want to see some young kids scoring some goals, uh, and I'm kind of hoping that you know former former certain Dallas Stars coach uh, might make us w a little more watchable, a little bit more organized. And uh, I'm trying to trying to keep the uh, the small things in mind because I think the overall macro picture for this team it's looking a little rough. 
Yeah, and you kind of beat me to the the punch on the first thing I wanted to talk about. If we're going to talk stars and jets, the the elephant in the room of Rick Bonus, the the new head coach in Winnipeg, kind of a surprise I know for me, and I think many other people as well, is it was kind of believed he wouldn't come back into coaching after you know kind of stepping down in Dallas, unless he was going to a team that was ready to contend and. Winnipeg certainly does have some nice pieces, but I don't think too many people expect them to be in the, you know, the Stanley Cup playoff category or at least Stanley Cup finals, maybe a fringe playoff team. But what were kind of your overall thoughts on that hiring? I know Barry Trotz was a guy that many people thought could end up in Winnipeg, but unfortunately didn't happen. And so Rick Bonus, the new guy in Winnipeg, your thoughts on that? I'll, I'll admit the first thought was kind of, oh, okay. Um, like you, I was a little bit confused as to why, um, Bones was considering coming back. I thought, you know, the same thing. He's stepping away from coaching. Um, he, he needs some time off to see if he even wants to keep doing this. Um, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, this isn't Barry Trotz. This isn't really what, uh, the Jets were looking for. Um, but once he kind of started talking about his vision for the team, you know, I, I don't think that he's going to make this team. Uh, like, you know, some magical contender. I think he'll fix some, you know, major problems, but there's only so much that he has the ability to do in a single season without uh, a lot of roster changes. Um, but one of the things that I really liked hearing from him, and he kept saying in, in his like opening presser, uh, was this focus on communication, which um, I think for the Jets has been a real issue. Um, there's been all sorts of rumors about the, the locker room being toxic, uh, guys not getting along. I don't know if you saw any of the Jets exit stuff. Um, some of it went a little bit viral because Paul Stastny kind of interrupted either Wheeler or Shifley or something and basically was like, yeah, I don't really like my teammates um, in so many words. And and there was a lot of questioning of accountability and stuff. And so I think Bones kind of coming in with this, you know, he'll, he'll be he'll be a tough guy, but I think he also has um, a side of him that's, that's more laid back, um, but willing to kind of work out some of the biggest issues that are not something that you necessarily see on the ice. Um, and I think for Winnipeg, that's kind of a, a real big issue right now. Um, and Bones kind of having, you know, connections to the Jets uh, earlier in his career and, and now kind of coming back. It's an interesting thing. I, I'm really hoping that he pans out. It'd be nice if he can make this team um, not only watchable, but just a, a more positive vibe squad. I mean, last year, the body language, you just kind of felt for the guys. I mean, they didn't look happy. Um, and I think that that is something that, you know, if the jets are going to suck, at least have fun and, uh, you know, crack a few smiles along the way, don't look so dour. And I think that that would be, uh, one of the areas I think bones might have, um, hopefully a big impact and see if he can really bring some positive positivity back to both the team and the fan base. Certainly. Yeah. And I can say, you know, on behalf of Rick bonus, just having watched him here in Dallas, the past handful of years that he is a a really great guy to have in your building as far as culture goes. Uh, you know, you can say what you want about his coaching style or the results that his teams get, but his short tenure in Dallas, I mean, it, I, he always treated the media with respect, treated his players with respect, and never really was, you know, under too much scrutiny outside of, again, sometimes the results on the ice. So I, I think that's one thing that Jets fans can be optimistic towards is, you know, he's one of the most respected guys in the NHL, been coaching for several years. It seems like he's just been in the NHL since he was born, just or how long he's been around. So uh, I certainly think that, you know, they can be a watchable team and they're going to be a team that that fights hard because Bonus uh, gets the most out of his guys and certainly isn't afraid to to bust some chops and, you know, t 
tell guys if there if there's something wrong or you know if if he doesn't think that he's getting full effort out of the certain players. So certainly a lot of optimism around Rick Bonus. It's just a matter of you know who all he's going to have on his roster and you know kind of how the rest of the Central Division shapes out. But speaking of that roster, the biggest name clearly far and away on this Winnipeg Jets roster is Kyle Connor, who took a huge leap this last season with 47 goals, 93 points in total. When you look at a guy like Connor and, you know, you look at the situation in Winnipeg, do you think that this is his ceiling at 93 points? Or do you think that he can maybe even take a few steps further and be a 50 goal scorer, hundred point guy consistently? Or was this kind of a, a flash in the pan season that we saw from him in 2021, 2022? I think like, um, 90-ish points, 45 to 50 goals. That's kind of what you want out of him. Uh, I think asking for a lot more would probably be pushing it. Uh, if this team had like consistently um, a really f- you know high-functioning offense, uh, dominating zone possession, a power play that just scored at will, yeah, you could probably rack up the points. But I think that that season last year uh, was kind of what we expect. And honestly, um, one of the biggest changes with his game was not only using his teammates better, um, but he was just a shot volume guy, uh, which is kind of unusual because, you know, with him in the past, it's been a little bit frustrating. Sometimes he would uh, freeze up on chances, which is kind of funny because he's a, a super lethal scorer, but uh, maybe he wouldn't recognize the right passing outlet or he'd hold on to the puck a little bit too long. This year, though, he was just cutting loose. Uh, any opportunity that he thought uh, he could score a banger, he was chasing it. And I think it had a really big jump in his numbers, but um, I like that he picked up his head a lot more. He surveyed his options. And so, you know, while he might not hit like 100, 110 points or something like that, I think, you know, 90 points is probably a pretty reasonable thought for him. Uh, I'll be curious to know what happens with the league scoring this year, because um, last year, you know, goal scoring was up around the entire NHL. Um, And this year, I wonder if uh, goalies in, in some of the defensive systems are going to adapt to some of the changes in equipment and whatnot. So we'll keep an eye on that one. But, I mean, Kyle is obviously one of the most lethal scorers out there. So wouldn't shock me if he's back between 80 to 95 points or something like that. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys – And guess what? There is a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it yet again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's good for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar. You can grab one today by going to their website, Built.com, and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Absolutely. He, he's just an absolute threat from just about anywhere in the offensive zone. Uh, and I know Stars fans know that well last year is all four games between the Stars and Jets went into to overtime uh, or required a shootout. And so 
you know, hopefully we'll see some more entertaining games between them this season. But I have one more one more question for you about this Jets team, and then we'll flip the script a little bit and talk about the Stars some. Uh, one other player who, you know, drew quite a bit of attention this offseason from the Jets was Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, there was a lot of speculation early on in the offseason in the off season that he was maybe wanting out, maybe wanting to go to Montreal. But at the end of the day, late July, he signs that one-year deal. Did you expect him to come back? And do you expect him to potentially stay in Winnipeg long-term? Or do you think this is maybe his last go-around with this team? Yeah, so there was only two outcomes with this that I thought were going to be realistic. Um, One is he got traded at the draft, which it sounds like they were really close, but just couldn't quite get the Habs at the right price range. Um, So for Dubois, he kind of had to play along here because, you know, when it comes to guys holding out, freezing out, and maybe playing a little bit of hardball, it it can be difficult to get um, a contract situation resolved. But I think Dubois made the right choice here. He accepted a one-year deal um, with even just the full salary. It'd be attractive for most competitive teams. uh, But at the trade deadline, uh, you're looking at a reduced cap hit for a guy who is still an elite top six center. And I think that that for just about any single contender out there, it, you know, they're practically salivating at the option of um, a guy who could be a real game changing force on the ice, even if it's just for a few months. Uh, I think he's definitely gone at some point. Um, you know, I don't, I don't expect that it's going to be um, a, a situation that continues until next summer, but I could be wrong. I kind of feel like, you know, around trade deadline, it's going to be resolved. But if they have to do this dance again, I expect like another short term extension and then he gets traded. But uh, I, I kind of feel like it's at the point where we're going to be seeing him moved um, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Again, it might also just depend on how the Jets do this season. And, you know, if they play above expectations, maybe they look to extend him and hold on to him longer because, like you said, he he is a legitimate top six forward in this league and a very underrated guy. Uh, And I think maybe catching a little bit of flack, some unfair, uh, you know, bias, I guess, if you will, with a lot of those reports that you talked about, uh, maybe the locker room not being the best place. And I think maybe some of that rubs off on him and makes him, you know, fall off people's radars as as good players, but an incredibly talented player, uh, similar to Kyle Connor. Definitely some good pieces there in Winnipeg. But now we can uh, kind of turn the tables a little bit and open up the floor to you, Harrison, to uh, to ask any questions you have about the Stars as we get ready to, to get rolling this season. First big question that I have about the Dallas Stars is, can we have Jason Robertson? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think, you know, kind of in, in that vein, what is the plan with him? Because you're kind of looking at a team that um, thus far, it seems like they're trying to work out a time frame where they can sort of skate along until they can give him a big contract. Do you think um, that this is kind of their approach and that Robertson is uh, prepared to go along with it? Or do you think he might want to seek um, bigger wages like right now and force some kind of a longer term situation uh, where he can get a contract extension and they have to, you know, are forced to move some guys off the salary books right now or um, maybe even get traded out? Yeah, there, there's certainly a lot that goes into it, and it's a very odd situation. Uh, certainly myself and plenty of other Stars fans, media members, have kind of just been on edge of what's going to happen with Jason Robertson because many believe, and I still believe this even now, that he will come back to Dallas this season. Uh, I'd be very disappointed to see him go elsewhere. I mean, I think even him going to Winnipeg would boost the, the Winnipeg Jets stock quite a bit just because he's a very talented player. 40-goal um, scorer this past season, a Calder finalist two seasons ago 
Uh, and it's just one of those things where, you know, he, he's been away this offseason, uh, and I don't think there's just been too much pressure on his end to get a deal done, although nothing I've seen indicates that he wants to play somewhere else as far as I've seen and heard um, and have been told from other people that are a lot closer to the team than I am. It seems like he wants to come back, but he does again, from what I hear, want pretty decent money because he's proven in his two seasons in Dallas that he is a, a legitimate top six forward, if not a guy that can play on a top line night in and night out, uh, just with his offensive ability, his scoring ability. Um, so the Stars, as of right now, if you look at Cap Friendly, say they have a little over $6 million left in cap space around 6.3, um, and you factor in guys like Anton Hudobin, who technically are still on IR, but it looks like Hudobin's going to be back for training camp, a guy that you might could trade uh, or maybe send to the American Hockey League, and I think you get a little bit more cap room then. Um, not quite sure on all the numbers or details there, but there is room to re-sign Robertson. I don't know if it'll be for $7 million. That kind of seems to be the rumor of what he wants, and then there's this whole other storyline of the Stars owner saying, you know, young players like him shouldn't be getting paid that much, uh, and, and so it's just all over the place, and it seems like we're getting maybe mixed signals from the front office um, about Jason Robertson. <clears throat> but I know the fans want him back. I want him back. And I think he will come back for how much it, it's still to be determined. But Jake Ottinger was also kind of in that boat up until, you know, Thursday, yesterday, whenever we're recording this. So there is a little bit of relief there. We have our goalie for the next three seasons, but now we need to, to secure our best scorer for, you know, however many years and hopefully give him an adequate amount of money that when that contract ends, he'll, he'll want to stay even longer. And kind of coming back to one of those comments you mentioned, that was a thought that I had, you know, what has been the reception to um, the front office saying stuff like, uh, you know, we, we don't want to pay our young kids that much because I think for one thing that kind of caught a lot of people by surprise, um, my personal thought was maybe it's a little bit of misdirection because I feel like they're trying to get, you know, um, some leverage in negotiations and make sure that they don't put themselves uh, in a position that, you know, for negotiations makes it unfavorable. But do you think that they really feel this way? Um, is this kind of the direction that they want to push? Um, or do you think it's just kind of part of the media game that they're playing and there's not really much into it? I think it might be a little bit into the media game and maybe just trying to, I don't know, maybe get the Dallas Stars in the news cycle because maybe they're just not there as, as much as some of the other teams, especially um, a lot more of the popular teams in the NHL. But I also think there's maybe this aspect of we just have a lot of people that have been around the NHL for a long time in the Stars front office, and maybe they just don't like the change. Because you look back, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, you didn't always get these guys like Jason Robertson getting, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars after their entry level deals. You had them getting those two to three year contracts, those bridge deals, the kind of prove it kind of contracts as people like to call it um, but now I mean you get guys like Kirill Kaprizov who come out of their entry-level deal and are making you know nine million dollars a season so I think that there's a little bit of you know both of that going on maybe playing the media a little bit but also just maybe being hesitant to this change but I just think it's a weird comment to make as the owner of the Dallas Stars I think in a vacuum there is something to be said about you know paying young scores too much money um, and it's probably just a case-by-case -case basis. you got to take it team by team. But the Dallas Stars, notoriously for the past several seasons, have been one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They, they have trouble scoring. They have trouble being consistent uh, on the offensive side of the ice. And if you have a guy like Jason Robertson that is the only the fourth 40-goal scorer in Dallas Stars franchise history, I, I just feel like that's a scenario where you want to pay a guy like that as much money as he wants within reason, obviously. You don't want to just go insane and break the bank and, you know, ruin your franchise and you know cap wise for the next several seasons but 
if you're the stars and you know you have trouble historically putting the puck in the net, but you get a guy that can do it seemingly with ease, I think that there is something to be said that it's probably worth paying that guy, um, especially since he's only 23 years old and still has the majority of his career ahead of him. And and kind of thinking about this, um, my, my last major question was, you know, with with the future core likely needing to take shape um, over the next few years, I think this current group, for the most part, uh, you can can kind of see uh, at least some of the writing on the wall. What do you think um, the next few years are going to look like? And are you anticipating uh, a really big rebuild in the next three to four years? Uh, do you think they're going to try and do it a little bit more in stages and, and retool along the way? Um, or are they really preparing to sort of gut it uh, from the ground up and, and try again with the brand new group? Yeah, yeah, it, it's certainly uh, an interesting position that the stars are in. Um, where I can, even as early as this season, I can see things going either way. Uh, you have a new coaching staff. You have Pete DeBoer as the new head coach in Dallas. Uh, and you have some pretty good veterans in place. Joe Pavelski's coming off his best season in his late 30s. Jason Robertson, if he comes back, is still set to be really good. Rope Hints, so on and so forth. Jake Ottinger. Um, but there's you know still some thoughts, even in the back of my mind, and I know other people that are around the stars as well, that this Mike could just be a, a thrown away season where stars are either middle of the pack or maybe below average just because of how good um, some of the top teams in the central division are. And, and even the Pacific, the Pacific division has some teams on the rise as well. So there's kind of a, could the stars make the playoffs? I think yes, but I think there's also a world, the possibility that even if they're healthy um, and maybe take some steps forward offensively, that they could miss out on the playoffs just by a slim margin. Um, and then after next season, I think that this team could look drastically different there's a lot of guys on the final year of their deal some guys big name players and some of them not so much but it's just this weird space I personally don't anticipate a major rebuild coming anytime soon I think we could maybe see a few years of mediocrity and maybe making the playoffs or just kind of being in the middle of the western conference but the, the stars are in this weird space where they have the young talent kind of the the next generation, if you will, coming into shape with Hintz, Robertson, and even some of the prospects like Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, Maverick Bork. Those are guys that have all been, you know, very highly talked about prospects and guys that have done well for their junior clubs. But you also still have the older guys on the team like Sagan, Ben Pavelski, even though he hasn't been a longtime star, an older guy in this league who's probably on his way out in the next year or so. And so it's just this weird transitional period where we just don't know you know, if the stars are going to be a legit playoff threat, if they're going to be middle of the pack and for how many years that they're going to be that. And, you know, it all also just depends on how Pete DeBoer does. I know historically his teams start out very well whenever he goes to a new city, but then maybe they start to teeter off a little bit. So, so we'll see. I think there's going to be kind of this sense of a fresh start this season. I feel like things just haven't really ever been calm here in Dallas. And I know a lot of other teams can claim this as well, really ever since before the pandemic, the Stars fired Jim Montgomery, and then Rick Bonus steps in, the world shuts down, uh, they go to the Stanley Cup, but then everyone's injured the next season. It's just been one thing after another, seemingly for a lot of teams in the NHL, the Stars, no exception to that. But now this has been a relatively normal offseason, new head coach. Uh, it just seems like we're, we're in for a fresh start, and I think this on paper should be a good season for the Stars. Yeah, Jets and Stars both in kind of an odd state with a brand new coach. I think... Uh, our franchises actually share quite a bit in common right now. Um, and I'm sure for some folks, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe not the most exciting place to be in. But, hey, at least it's a it's a new change and hopefully a breath of fresh air for uh, both teams. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly hope so. And, you know, I'm hoping that this 
Central Division is pretty competitive. I know the Western Conference can be a little bit overlooked just with how stacked the East is. Even some of the the worst teams in those Eastern Conference divisions could probably be a third or fourth place team in the West just with how stacked some of those teams are. But looking at the Central specifically, I think it's fairly safe to say that most people have the Avalanche kind of repeating things here in this division, and rightfully so. They held on to a lot of their big pieces. They lose Nazem Kadri to Calgary, but I still think that they you know have the pieces in place to put together a good run potentially be in contention for the president's trophy but kind of the the two through five and six spots seem to kind of be on shuffle uh, and, and I know that there's been a lot of power rankings that have come out as of late even you know locked on set power rankings and it has the stars at five jets at six how do you personally see the central division shaping out do you think that the the projections of you know avs wild blues and the top three is accurate or do you, do you see it shaping out somewhat differently uh, the funny thing is, is I, I don't really disagree with that ranking. I think that that's probably roughly how I'd have it. I mean, you, you know, you can basically swap, um, the th- like two through four spots. And I don't really think anyone is going to blink. The central this year feels like it's in an odd place because you've got Colorado. That's just clearly better than everyone across the board. But then there's like this really mushy middle group of teams that during the regular season are good. Um, but they don't really seem like big playoff uh, threats right now. So my general feeling is like the central division is kind of a little more mediocre this year, uh, you know, versus several years ago that it was one of the toughest divisions and it's, it's still very difficult. It's just, I don't think it's at the level where, um, you know, I I can really safely say that this, this order is going to be what it's set in stone. I think the jets have potential to kind of move up and down, uh, I think Dallas and Winnipeg both are kind of in the boat where if they really push up in the standings, it's probably because goaltending really carries them uh, a long distance. I think Ottinger and uh, Hellebuck have the chance to really, you know, steal tons of games. Um, they've been putting up some crazy numbers over the first uh, several years of their career. And so I think it's going to be a weird season. I honestly don't have a great feeling about where uh, anyone is finishing. The only thing that I am pretty sure of is that Arizona and Chicago are going to be uh, definitely towards the bottom. But like that middle grouping, you could basically just scramble it and throw darts at a board. And I think it'd probably be about as accurate as what we'll see um, with what finally kind of shakes out. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's what makes it so exciting is a lot of these teams, I think, are confident in themselves, but are kind of unsure of where everyone else stands. I think the Blues are interesting of... I feel like every year the Blues are, you know, set to be a good team and then they either, you know, play way above expectations and win the cup like they did, you know, a handful of years ago or they, you know, kind of teeter off at the end of the season and, you know, put up good performances in the playoffs, but ultimately, you know, fall short. Uh, And obviously Colorado was not an easy out by any means last season. They probably played them the best in the postseason out of anyone in the West, but it's just, you know, a weird division, like you said, and you throw in the Pacific as well, which could, you know, maybe have some weird sleeper wildcard teams as well. And it makes it even more chaotic for, for the central division. Uh, but yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I know, I think the stars can make the playoffs, but I can also see them very well finishing fifth, sixth in the division, just going to depend on health. And like you said, goaltending play as well, defense, uh, and really what these new coaches can do. Uh, and I'm excited to see how Rick Bonus does in Winnipeg. Um, I know a lot of people, not a huge fan of the way he coached here in Dallas, but uh, great guy, really good leader. So I think Winnipeg is going to maybe surprise if 
people this season and probably win a handful of games that maybe they shouldn't. Uh, and that's just the Rick bonus effect. So uh, excited to see how he does. Excited to see how the stars do. And yeah, Central Division. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. And all all the other teams are gonna be gunning for Colorado except Chicago and Arizona. Um, but really excited for this season. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think that'll give at least a lot of talking points for us for future podcasts. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not expecting. I'm, I've kind of set low expectations. Um, but as long as, as long as they're fun to watch, you know, and, and people are having a good time, I think that that's, that's all I could really ask for. Um, I think for me, bonus and his work with the kids is probably what I'm most looking forward to. Uh, it seems like he's really willing to give a lot of young players, uh, a long leash and room to grow, which is something that for some reason the jets got away from, uh, instead they relied a lot on veterans who maybe weren't bringing enough to the table, but you know, this shift towards guys like high skin and, um, our, our version would probably be Billy Heinle, I guess. Mm. Uh, not not quite the same player, but about as close as anyone's going to get with uh, with Winnipeg's prospects. Um, you know, Dylan Sandberg and some of the other kids. Cole Perfetti, of course, is our big marquee name. But seeing how he works with that and, and kind of gets players maybe into some positions that uh, under previous coaches they wouldn't have gotten, maybe there's room for growth. Maybe there's going to be something exciting. I know as an Orioles fan, I'm watching the kids, you know, start to really rake it in for, for Baltimore. So I'm hoping that there's maybe some kind of a revolution for the jets in the same vein, but you know, progress in the NHL a little bit slower sometimes. Yeah, certainly. And that's, you know, one of the the connections that hockey and baseball have is you got to wait a few years to see the, the young kids come to fruition, but you know, the, the Orioles certainly there and making for one of the more interesting teams in the American League down the stretch, certainly more interesting than the, than my Texas Rangers, who are just mediocre year after year. Uh, and I'm OK with that. Uh, and I'm ready to to go on with that for the rest of my life. But hopefully the stars able to, to rise above that. But Harrison, thank you for uh, hopping on today and talking all things stars and jets. And hopefully our teams, like I said, have some more competitive games in them this year. And uh, maybe we'll get to, to cross over again and talk about some of those games. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to uh, future matchups between these two teams because they have traditionally been pretty nuts. Yeah, uh, really all four games last season. Couldn't have asked for much more as far as entertainment, and hopefully we'll see more of the same this season uh, with maybe a little bit more emotion in it with uh, Rick Bonus coming back to Dallas at least once. I, I don't know the schedule off the top of my head, but we're, we're due for three or four meetings this season, and at least one of them will be in Dallas. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the crowd reception is for, for Rick Bonus when he comes back. Hopefully smiles. Hopefully smiles. I think he'll probably deserve more than a few handshakes and and uh, uh, claps out there. For, for, from the organization, I would expect handshakes, uh, a warm welcome. It's more the fans that I'm concerned about because they were the ones that, at least once during any home game, there were there were fire bonus chants coming. But you know you're going to get that from any fan base when your team underperforms offensively. So we'll we'll see. I have I have faith that most stars fans will appreciate what he did with the the hand he was dealt, but. Only time will tell, and I'm excited to see these games unfold. Certainly hope you guys enjoyed today's crossover episode. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets in a very interesting position, and I'm very curious to see how they perform under new head coach Rick Bonus. I think that is going to be an incredibly hardworking team. Uh, and like I said in the interview, I think they're going to surprise some people at points in the season and win some games that they probably shouldn't. Uh, and that just seems to be the Rick Bonus effect. But thank you to Harrison for crossing over and talking things uh, about the Central Division with me, talking about the Jets, talking about the Stars. Uh, uh, 
whatever whatever it may be. Always good to talk with other Locked On Podcast Network NHL hosts. And we will be back here on Friday with another season preview for another Central Division team. Thank you guys again for tuning in and for making us your first listen every single day. Hit subscribe on YouTube if you're new here. Hit the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave us a five-star rating and or review. If you love the show, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, that is the best way to do it. You can also find and follow me on Twitter at Double underscore Lewis, as well as our show at Locked on Stars. Thank you guys again for tuning in, and we will see you back here on Friday to close the week out. Yeah.